0: You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share
1: our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out, and these are things that most people just aren't sharing. So, um, knowing you and uh, some conversations we've been having, you... Typically know exactly what you want, and you're not that open to receiving things that are outside what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right.
0: You're not wrong.
1: So let's talk about receiving and the willingness and openness to receive things that are coming your way, specifically from the perspective of um, you know, not to tie this to, I don't want to tie this to like recession or anything like that, but at different stages of business growth and I know you're going to share something with your clients. We, and even in my, my situation personally and our clients, it's like as you're launching new things, as you're trying to get traction in certain areas, uh, like finding the balance of getting like the ideal client and balancing that with the cash right now opportunity. And in that transition of you need the cash, but you also don't want to kind of, continue playing the same way that you've been playing historically. So like how do you start balancing that and be open to potentially new opportunities? So I think one, one of my faults in the past, I mean up until very
0: recently, probably still a fault, is getting really stuck in my model. Mm-hmm. Like here's here's what we do, right? Like we run ads, we run organic on LinkedIn we run this funnel, we promote this thing, we bring people onto calls, they talk to a setter, then they get vetted and they talk to an advisor and then they enroll and then they upgrade, and there's a model. And it works, right? Works really well. That's why we're in business. But sometimes like you get so stuck in the model <laughs> that you 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 don't appreciate that things can come from outside of that model that are good, mm-hmm. that are healthy. They're positive. And and I think the mistake I've made in the past is being too closed off from, you know, some of those, call them happy accidents or, you know, like little surprises. You know, I I gave an example Mm -hmm. when we were offline. Like we had a client come through and um, they're a larger organization and they had a great experience with us. And this client has a larger team. It's probably one of the larger teams we've worked with, actually. Uh, and said, listen, I want to get, you know, X more people involved in this program with us. It wasn't, that's not part of our strategy. Like they were a client, they finished the program. Like, you know, they're expanding the scope of that is not something that we typically do, but it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. to the extent that we're open to those opportunities, frankly, they exist all over the place. And I think a mistake that I've made personally in the past is being so just, you know, kind of heads down focused on executing our strategy it's not a bad thing Hmm. but it can be if it's to the exclusion of other opportunities that are staring you in the face Hmm. Uh, the other example that I shared with you earlier So, so there's some context here that's required my offer our offer is called 90 day pipeline 90 day pipeline is for B2B consultants and service providers who want to install marketing lead gen and sales systems okay we do a lot of work on positioning and offer upfront and validating an offer before we take it to the market. We also get a lot of new consultants who come in who want to start a consulting business, but they're kind of scared off by the, the sheer volume of work inside 90 day pipeline, the timeline 90 days and the, in, the financial investment because they're not yet really that committed to the business. They're kind of dabbling. They want to try it. They just left corporate, mm. got laid off, whatever it may be. Mm. Right. And so, If I'm really stuck on my model, like this is our offer, 90 day pipeline, it's amazing. We've had clients just like you. Here are the case studies, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to lose a lot of sales Mm with people that are just not ready for the commitment and I can't talk Mm -hmm. them into it. And that's, you know, frankly, what we did for a very long time. We lost a lot of sales because we were just like, yeah, I'm pigheadedly focused on no, this is our offer, just buy it. Right. Recently, what we started doing was saying, well, maybe there's a way to work with these folks, right? And so we ultimately, we splintered off the first 30 days, which is the most relevant piece for them, started allowing them to come in at a lower price point, and then helping them upgrade to the full package, if it makes sense for them.
1: There's money there. There always was money there. We just weren't open to receiving it. Do they, still, do they now only have a 30-day timeline to go through it? Yeah. So this, we call it the positioning accelerator and it's mm. 30 days
0: to just focus on the positioning and validation of your offer. Mm. And After that, if you want to upgrade to the
1: full experience, you can do so. You don't have to. Got it. Yeah. So this is super interesting to me because, um, like you said, like that kind of opportunity with the first scenario, um, kind of expanding with that one client, cause they want more people like probably something you haven't hadn't thought of because you haven't, like you said, served clients of that size. Um, but it is kind of normally not something that you would have thought of doing. Um, but it increases cash flow in a time where maybe cash flow is important. And so this, when I think of like, you doing that at the level that you're at, versus someone who just to go back to your, your model, like they go through the first 30 days, they identify their positioning, they validate it and they, they get their first client and their second client. And then opportunity presents itself for maybe something that they used to do that. They're like, I don't want to do this anymore, but there's a lot of money on the table. Typically, how do you coach someone through that when it's like, I need the month, like they're like, man, that money would be really helpful. But it's kind of the thing that I was moving away from not exactly what I want to be doing. Or maybe it's not exactly with who I want to be serving. I just started getting a little bit of traction on this new thing. I know if I take this money, the money will be good, but it'll eat up into some of my bandwidth, preventing me from continuing forward with the thing that I want. But I don't have any new deals in my pipeline for the thing that I want. How do you start having that conversation? Because I think that there's... I don't know. There's just so many different ways to approach it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the important note on, on the, the types of things that we're doing to bring in money and receive are not fundamental shifts in our delivery model. That first 30 days is the first 30 days, right? That other right. client wants to bring in more people it's all going to this. so we're not really disrupting anything, but I, t- I understand your point. That it's super common among our clients, who come in, build a new offer, but they have a legacy offer, a legacy service, and they still have demand for it, right? Mm -hmm. So our message to them is, you know, ultimately play the long game. Um, What I've seen time and time again in myself and in clients is that when you're under cash pressure, you make terrible decisions. Like high stress, worried about paying the bills, does not yield strong, sound, rational, intelligent, consequential decision-making. So if you really need the money, and that's an if sometimes people think they need the money, that's a whole other conversation, right? Like, but if you really (laughs) need the money, and if you feel like having that money in the bank is going to enable better decision-making, sound strategy, allow you to approach the new offer and the business from more of a strategic point of view, then do it, play the long game, that's fine. However, be very aware of the risk you're going to get sucked into this engagement. And if you can structure yep. things to mitigate that risk, you should, right. Mm-hmm. But don't, you know, be, be aware of the risk that you get sucked in and forget why you, you, you know, what you're trying to do in the first place.
1: Yeah. It's similar to what I talk about with our clients. It's like the, so in that exact example, they come in, they get some traction and they get an offer for their legacy offer, Cause it's still, there's still some demand. There's still some lagging referrals, whatever. Um, I am like, I always kind of say like, look, before we were having, we're having this conversation about what you, what should you do? Should you take the deal? Should you not take the deal? Um, before you came here, you taking that deal was just the way in which you operated. You would say yes if you decide that you need this deal, for whatever reason, you need to be making this decision now as this is a means to the end, not the end. Because that's how you used to play. That That's the only rule. And so like, and one thing that I know I did in my business that we kind of encourage people to do is like, when we launched our first offer, that was like systematic and productized and everything. We would take up to two done for you deals per month for a six month window. And we gave ourselves a deadline, like for six months, if we got to take it, we'll take it. Cause it'll infuse cash. Scenario one is they just want a done for you version of the done with you. So like, it's still the exact same, like the assets are built. The exact same process is there. We're just a little bit more involved. That's the preferred method. Otherwise, it's got to be like a subtle deviation where we could use at least 70% of what we already have in order to deliver it or else it's not worthy of our time because we could probably just go get one client for the new thing. And so we kind of gave ourselves that deadline, but the deadline was, all right, whether, whether we're there or not, we're no longer taking legacy style offers as of this date because we have to go all in. We're giving ourselves this like transitional window uh, of time. Um, maybe it doesn't need to be six months. That probably I would argue that that probably was too long. Um, but that was something that we did. Yeah. So it's 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 like dieting, right? Like
0: it's one thing to say, you know, I'm going to be really strict about my caloric intake and I'm trying to get into a deficit, so I want to lose weight. And but oh man, kids are eating pizza. And that pizza looks really good. And I'm just going to give in, eat that pizza just automatically without really considering it or questioning it or just giving it a temptation Mm
1: -hmm. versus,
0: Hey, you know what? I've been in a pretty decent caloric deficit this week and I think I can handle a slice and it's not going to kill me and I can make up for it tomorrow. So I'm going to eat that pizza and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing, right? Like you could take the deal if you take it because you can't help it and you just need the money and like, you don't really think about the consequences of it. That's bad. If you take it strategically to give yourself some runway, knowing that that's not your end game anymore, and it's a means to an end, to your point, that's fine. Yeah.
1: yeah. Are you, side question, are you dieting? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is it obvious? (laughs) Uh, Well, it's so funny because I'm, in the last, like, month, I've been, uh, I signed up for my fitness pal, and I've been tracking these things, and I had that very conversation because one of my neighbors, he's like really into health and fitness, like kind of guiding me through some of this stuff. Um, and he's like, well, think about it. If you have roughly three meals a day, that's 21 meals a week. Um, they basically say like, in order for this to be sustainable, you got to hit 90%, which kind of gives you three to four meals where you can just go all out, like do whatever, because as long as you, in the, the, the span of the seven days are within KPI, like you're still good. And so like, for example, like I had my mountain bike race last night. And so on days where I mountain bike, I'll indulge on the chicken wings, the pizza slices, because I just burned 1500 to 2000 calories riding like, and within like, I'm doing those sorts of things in a very specific window of time now related to when I know that, I'm going to have a little wiggle room, but yeah, it's kind of a, when you look, it's sort of like the conversation of back to the means to the end, like, all right, like if you look, if you're playing a game and like, if you just extend the horizon and you know that a year from now, you're not going to take this deal, but it's going to help you have the wiggle room to get to a year from now, then that's cool. Like you're kind of, you're still playing with the horizon in mind versus, you know, the right now. Well,
0: I think the calories metaphor I think is, is brilliant, right? Cause like, calories are the, are the metaphor for revenue here, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, calories are what matter. Revenue is what matters, but not mm-hmm. all calories are the same. Not all revenue is the same. You can get, mm-hmm. you can get calories from pizza you can get calories from chicken breast and sweet potato. Yep. One's healthy, one's not mm-hmm. right now. Yep. If 80% of your diet is pizza or terrible clients and, uh, you know, engagements that have, you know, terrible scope, where you're doing terrible work that makes you miserable, you got problems. But if that's like 10% of your diet or 10% of your client portfolio every now and then to bring
1: in some cash, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Super interesting. So, um, I guess well, 10% of your diet
0: from pizza does sound bad. Maybe, maybe go for less than 10%. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) a high percentage. Um, especially if you're trying to be consistent in 90% of the time. Um, so you received the deal. You were more open to that. Uh, is there a, a a takeaway that you want people to have? Cause you used to be the type of person that would not receive and you're now more open. Yeah. I, I, I I really, I think run the
0: risk here of being like too woo and metaphysical, but I, I I don't really know how else to put it apart from, you know, my MO used to be like, okay, like we need to, we need to drive this much revenue or we need to bring in this much cash. So here's the plan. Here's the campaign. Here's the messaging. Like, here's like, I really focus on buttoning down the entire strategy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's good. Do those things, have mm-hmm. a plan, work it. Right. But I would do that like at the expense of any other opportunity. I wouldn't even be thinking about or be open to receiving anything from anywhere else. It'd be so just pig-headedly focus on my strategy and i think the Mm -hmm. shift for me is have a plan build out a strategy execute the strategy and know that things might come from other sources that i couldn't account for and be open to receiving from those sources and not close myself off yeah like most of the time that we've gotten out of a bind you know which is every time we've always gotten out of bind, so we're still here right like it it almost always happened in ways that I couldn't
1: predict. And did it always tie to you being a little bit more flexible and open to different things? Yeah, I think that's a new lesson. And I don't know. I think in the past, even despite
0: my pig-headed focus, I mean, things still kind of happened and came from other sources. I think now I'm just realizing that that's a trend. So, so maybe enable it and be open to it. And, uh, you know, because sometimes the strategy that you're working doesn't work out so well. And then it becomes really easy to kind of catastrophize and go, well, this thing that we thought would work isn't working So, what are we going to do? And the reality is there's other ways that things can work out for you that you have to consider too. That's I think my lesson in a nutshell.
1: Yeah. I feel you. And, and I do think something that maybe, Other people might gloss over, but I want to redraw attention to is the, you said it, and then I sort of touched on a little bit is when you can kind of capitalize on some of these potential opportunities, this client that wants to expand the subset of clientele that can't make the investment or are intimidated by the, the scope of the full program. And you can slice a piece of it off and partition that and get them involved, collect some cash flow. Like that's a really smart move in my opinion as well. And we, we've done that and we talked to our clients about that of like, you're not reinventing the wheel. Like this is a, a piece of something that you already have. Um, now I do think there are ways that some people could approach that where it sort of is reinventing the wheel. Like, okay. Um, and maybe you're about to blow up your spot and this is what you're doing. But like, Hey, we're going to put these people in a separate group. Now we have to manage that group. And now we have another call that we got to be on for these people, or we're going to put them in a separate community, separate from the current people. Like, I think there's easily ways you could like take it too far um, where it's like, Oh, actually now if we do all of those things, it might actually not be worth it. <laughs> so I guess, how are you approaching that?
0: Yeah, so we, we've been very deliberate about right now we're not doing anything that would affect our core operations or complicate them further. That's not the priority. So if we splinter off something that's the first 30 days of a 90-day program, technically, all those clients have access to the entire program for 30 days, even the pieces that we don't want to work with them on. Mm-hmm. And we tell them that, right? It's not the focus. Yeah. But you technically have access to the whole thing because this is kind of an exception to the rule. Yeah. So delivery. Yeah, and
1: and and it's almost like it's almost like. And you said you need this the most, so it would be foolish of you to try to jump into the other stuff and waste your thirty days, (laughs) not on the thing that you said you need the most. Super interesting. So I guess what we're telling you, folks, is to maybe be open to receive a little bit more be open to maybe getting creative um, on on how you accept clients, the type of clients and these opportunities. As long, again, as you kind of gut check yourself on, is this getting you closer to where you're truly going in the long term?
0: Maybe here's the nugget to take away. Like this maybe takes it down from the metaphysical down to like the physical, right? Pay attention to the market. Like Mm -hmm. both examples that I gave, are really just paying attention to what people are telling you and finding mm-hmm. ways to monetize the demand and the need that they have that maybe don't serve your current model or don't fit in your current model but can be accomplished and accommodated with some minimal changes. And right. I think, you know, given the economy, given the the disruption that people are facing right now, you know, some, some more than others, this is always true, but it's more true now than ever. Pay really close attention to what the market's telling you. You may need to pivot. You may need to adjust the offer. It may be more disruptive than my examples are. Pay attention to the market. Right, As long as you're relevant and you have ways of monetizing the market's needs and challenges immediately, you'll do fine. Where you run into trouble is where you become irrelevant and out of
1: tune with the market's needs. Yes, I love it. I had I had something to build on it, but it would just take away from that... Physical, non metaphysical conclusion. So, uh, hopefully, this served you guys in some way, especially with maybe the season that some of you guys are in. Um, as you can tell from our conversation, even at varying levels, this is something that will come up. It's not just a a beginner situation. It's a you know, always be willing to be a you know pivot and adapt to what the market needs. Uh, especially if it helps get you through to the next season versus not making it through at all. So, hope you guys enjoy this one. We'll catch you next time. See you.